Thank you, Neil, for that introduction. Now they know I'm old as dirt. <laughs> that is awesome. I am so glad to be here tonight to preach to you guys. Uh, this is not my first worship service at Eastside. Joyce and I were off one Sunday several years ago, and we came to worship here. The worship leader got up before Dave preached, and he made an apology, but he blamed something on you, Dave. He said it was your idea. So he said, I'm doing this song. And the song was Highway to Hell. You remember that? And I said, this is great. <laughs> but uh, it is so good to be with y'all. I am so glad to have my wife with me. Uh, you may not know this. Stand up, honey. Uh, we, we have been together 51 years, and we've been married 50 years. And uh, uh, if you ever listened to talk radio for about 10 years, Joyce was on the radio in Louisville and around this area on WFIA Talk. And she has just asked Joyce, and some of you may have listened to her show sometimes in the evening, but she is an awesome preacher's wife, and uh, she... Wow, I can't even talk about you, baby. Too good, too good. Since you had highway to hell, I thought I'd go that direction. Tonight, we're going to look at running against the wind. Bob Seger sang this song back in 1980. Against the wind, we were running against the wind, living to run and running to live, breaking all of the rules that would bend. You been there? I have too. He says in this, I began to find myself searching, searching for shelter again and again and again. I found myself seeking shelter against the wind. I would suppose that most of us in this room have run against the wind every now and then. For sure. If you had to take a phrase and place it on the first page of America, of all of us, it would be we are living to run and running to live. Is that right? I know. We are going so fast that we forget the important things in life. Tonight, I want to ask you something. What shelter are you seeking I think that is not only a good question, it is a very provocative question. Because what it, what it says is that I need shelter. There are times when I'm running against the wind and I need shelter. 
But the thing is, sometimes we run for the wrong shelter, right? We run in a direction that we shouldn't be running in. Fears, doubts are not always life and death, that's for sure. Illness, broken hearts, a broken world, children, jobs, gas prices, <laughs> they are going down a little bit, addictions, just sinful habits sometimes. Running against the wind can happen suddenly. And you all know that. Everything can be going very well. I left my home. We had been on a trip last December. I had just paid off my Impala And we had made this long trip. It, 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 it had 130-something thousand miles on it. And I was riding 64 east. I was taking 260. Is that 265? And I was going to a funeral home to visit with a family over in, oh, somewhere to the left. You go to that roundabout, and then you, you can't get off of it, and then you finally see, it's my turn. But I was riding along, and just as I went under Charlestown Road overpass there, thinking about this great car that I've had, and I just paid it off. And it, has, it was just doing so good. Boom! A guy hit me from the rear end doing, I don't know how fast. It was raining, shoved me off the road, and I kind of got control of things and got it over on the shoulder, and my trunk was higher than my top of my car. You never know when you're going to be against the wind, do you? It happens in a split second sometimes. What I want us to do tonight is climb in that boat with the apostles. Climb in that boat. They had a normal evening going on. Now, the day had not been normal, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But they were crossing the Sea of Galilee. And that could be treacherous at times because all of a sudden these storms would come up. And when the storms came up, the winds were terrible. And so here they are rowing against the wind in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Keep that in your mind. Jesus had told them to do that. And he stayed behind to pray. It had been a rough few days. John the Baptist had been beheaded. But that afternoon, Jesus sent them away because he had to disperse over 5,000 people that he had just fed with a little bit of food. Now, it was normal for the apostles to be in a boat rowing. That was 
not abnormal. So they were just doing what Jesus told them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to let people go. Listen to this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Wouldn't you like to do that? I would. It gets better. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. Well, what would you say? You know, it's foggy and it's the wind's blowing and the waves are high. And this thing is walking out toward them. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out of fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Let me expand that for you just a moment. It is the great I am. That's what Jesus is saying. I am is with you. Do you remember what Moses was told by God when he tried to make an excuse for going into Egypt? What did he say? Well, who am I going to say, Lord, sent me? That Pharaoh's not going to believe a thing I said. You tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. I am. He says, take courage, it is I. And here's the good part. Don't be afraid. Peter, bless his heart. Lord, if it's you... <laughs> I'm sure Peter had never seen anybody walking on the water. And he had seen Jesus heal people. And he asked this question, if it is you, Lord, invite me out. He says, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus messed him up, Dave. What did he say? Come. Come on, the water's fine. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. He did it. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. We just heard Joshua pour his heart out in a song. What was he pouring out? Lord, save me. And that's what Peter cries out. So immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? 
Have you been there? Where you doubted the Lord was going to take away your fear because the wind was so strong against you that you could not see any way out? And you doubted the power of God through his son, Jesus Christ. When they climbed into the boat, guess what? The wind died down. Isn't that cool? Jesus didn't even have to speak it. Peace be still. The wind died. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret. So they made it. Here's the thing, guys. It's 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning. Jesus is strolling out to them. They are terrified. And right there, right there was that against the wind moment for them. They had been rowing for a long time. And they didn't know how they were going to get across the lake. And Jesus comes out to them. You see, running against the wind, if that's where you are tonight, that's where you are tomorrow or next week. And I owe you some golf. Jesus can be trusted because he's bigger than our fears. Matthew 14, 27, take courage, it is I, it is I, the great I am. Don't be afraid. Why do we let fear grip us so much? There's nothing to be afraid of because we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, like us, struggling against the wind, Jesus shows up. He is there every time. We've got our head down and we're rowing with all of our might against that wind. And sometimes we don't see him because we are so downtrodden trying to get to the other side. And we miss him. We fail to see him. We fail to hear him over the storms of life. What did he tell us in the word? Come to me and I'll give you rest. Sounds simple, Come to me and I will give you rest. That's Jesus' promise to us. Better yet, let me kind of lay this on you. If you're in Christ tonight, you're his disciples, right? All right. Now, we can be Jesus with skin on, right? In other words, he has called me as the disciple to touch the lives of other people. We can be an encouragement to people when they're rowing against the wind. We can give them hope. We can give them a kind word, a hug. Just being present sometimes is all it takes. You've been to a funeral and heard some of the silly things people say to grieving people. Sometimes we shouldn't say anything. We should just be there. 
Listen, too often I'm afraid that the disciples of Jesus say, I don't want to get involved. It's, it's too messy. It, it's going to take time. I have my own stuff I'm dealing with. And that keeps us from being Jesus with skin on with folks. I love Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not what? Fear. And, and look, this is not just a little thing. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. That's pretty big. But the psalmist says, don't fear even if something this big happens. Though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. I love that psalm. Those three verses are powerful. God is our refuge. So what shelter are we running to? When we're running against the wind, what shelter are we running to? I did it. Maybe you've never done this. We have a cherry tree in front of our house. I went out one day to trim it up, and it grows too fast, and I have to trim it a lot. So I went and got my long power cord, hooked up my electric cutter. That's like cutting hair, isn't it? You start over here, and you just get it trimmed all up, and all of a sudden, the power went off. You know what I did? I cut my doggone extension cord in two. I did it, I admit. And, and, and here's what I thought about that. Jesus is the source of power. Faith is the extension cord that connects me with Jesus. And if Jesus asks you to do it, you can do it. Not in your own strength. Whatever that wind is blowing against you, you can get to the other side of the lake. There is no doubt about that. If Jesus calls you to do it, you can do it. Running with Jesus in faith and not fear. Third thing I want you to think about. What was Peter thinking? Or was he? He was so impetuous. Had a man that uh, his wife had prayed for years for him to become a Christian. After I met him and came to Lincoln Hills, I started praying for him and praying for him. One day he called me in my office and I answered the phone and I said, Hey, Roger, how you doing, man? He said, I'm doing good. But I'd preached a sermon the Sunday before from this text you know what he said to me I'm going to get out of the boat I need to get out of the boat I need to express my faith to God I need to let Jesus know that I love him and I want him to take over my life it's faith not fear guys Peter says Lord 
if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. If it's you. Jesus, show me your ID. Our demands on the Lord many times, sometimes insult the creator. Because we know from a lot of times experience and from the word that God can do anything. Pure, deep water of faith believes and sees. Do you hear me? Believes and sees. Lord, if you will just perform this miracle, I will believe in you. That is not faith. Show me something, Lord. What else do we want him to show us? Neil, we talked about our bodies, our hearts, and all that stuff. I shared with the group, and I really appreciate what y'all did for me this afternoon, for praying for me. I had open heart surgery in 1961. Uh, they lit the candles in the operating room where they could see what was going on. <laughs> and then Neil shared with me he had some heart surgery. And see, the thing is, we know God can do anything. And when when we talk about faith, it should always be an automatic yes, not a hesitant maybe, Lord. When he shows it to us and we see it, we do it. We go for it. We're disciples of the king of kings. Jesus said, Peter, come on out. If you want to do it, step out of the boat. If there's something you know Jesus would want you to do for him, for the kingdom, for the people around you, just step out of the boat and do it. And I baptized Roger into Christ, and there was a lot of tears over that, mainly from his wife. The fourth thing is this, running against the wind requires focus. Now I want you to focus. Dave told me, and I shared this, with the group, the prayer group, and the band and everything, he told me there was no time limit tonight. <laughs> Susan reminded me there's this huge clock. <laughs> so I'm a little bit torn about who I should please here. So I'm going to try to please the Lord through the whole thing. How about that? Running against the wind requires focus. Peter lost his focus, and the preachers have preached on that for, what, 2,000 years. The distractions of our culture can bring disaster, guys. Our culture is a mess. And if we don't live differently than our culture, we're going to be in a mess. The problem with the church today is that I think, and I've been saying this for a long time, there's more culture in the church than there is church in the culture. And it's not to fuss at you or say you're doing a terrible job as disciples, not at all. 
I want to encourage all of us to do better, to do one thing more than we're doing for Christ. Because when we're running against the wind, we have to focus, and our focus has got to be totally on Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried out, what? Lord, save me. Do we cry out to the Lord even after we're disciples? Lord, I am against the wind today, and I need salvation from it. I need to be moved from this place that's got me culturally in a mess. Too often we allow distractions to keep us from walking on water. 1 John 4, 4, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I believe that. See, distractions lay decisions, delay decisions. Jesus was walking on the water, so it was now. He wants you to walk on water now, so to speak. Delay is disastrous for a soul waiting to be saved. That moment that we don't say what we need to say at that moment. Because for that person who needs Jesus, they are running totally against the wind. And they need somebody to say, you can walk on water and you can go to the other side and I know who can take you there. That's the whole thing. Bringing order, uh, honor to the Lord. Good things can distract us. Is it God's will or is it my will? Is this bringing honor to the Lord, this thing that I am doing or about to do? If the devil can't make you bad, he can make you busy. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? See, when we're running against the wind and we cry out to the Lord, I need help. Our focus should always be on Jesus, not the wind and not the waves. Verse 33, truly you are the son of God and they worshiped him. Listen, guys, running against the wind is no fun because we are all going to run up against stuff that are too big for us. And we need to, we need to run to Jesus who is our shelter. And we need to honor him in our lives. And the trouble with distractions and the trouble with the wind is that it causes us not to run to Jesus. We want to run somewhere else. And the best shelter is him. If Jesus asks you to do it, you can do it in his strength. If you want to do it, you can do it. Because he will help you to do it. If you want to do it, then you got to get out of the boat in order to get it done. You can't walk on water by staying in the boat. Jesus wants us actively reaching out in love to everybody around us, living a life that reaches the hearts of men and the minds of men and women and young people. That's what he calls us to do. If you don't focus on Jesus, by the way, you will sink. No doubt about it. The one who is greater than our fears, our problems, our doubts, he's here. 
And isn't that wonderful? Jesus is waiting for us to cry out, Lord, save me. Save me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're an awesome God. We come to you this very moment thanking you for loving us enough to go through the pain of the cross. Thanking the Father for bringing you back to life. Thank you for the hope that we enjoy. Our prayer, Lord, is that others will want to know Jesus, that they will want to fall before him and give themselves to him totally. Lord, help us to honor you with our living every day so that people will know that we belong to Jesus, that we are so different, that there is a harvest coming bigger than we've ever imagined. Father, I pray for this congregation. What an awesome group of people. What an awesome staff and, and leadership. The evidence is, is here. And I pray, Lord, and I encourage this church to continue to do what they're doing so that more souls will be saved. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and help us to never doubt you, to never be afraid of the things that come at us from this world because you have overcome the world. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.